Tenakwea, no my hardy my. My name is Will Appleby, and you're listening to Animal Matters. Live pigs delivered to your door. That's what some businesses are offering in the Auckland and Waikato regions. The advice these businesses are giving to kill these pigs is illegal, though, and bears an eerie resemblance to a British TV ad that many considered was vegan propaganda. And the equestrian industry has been caught up in more PR disasters, and one such situation involved one of Aotearoa's most famous horse riders. Animal Matters is brought to you by Safe for Animals. We release new episodes every fortnight, so make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever your favourite podcast platform is. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at safe.org.nz forward slash animalmatters. Aotearoa's government, as well as primary industry leaders, like to talk up our country's high standards of animal welfare. Indeed, compared to China, the United States and Australia, that's certainly the case, according to World Animal Protection's Index. But in recent times, Aotearoa has slipped in the rankings and has been surpassed by the United Kingdom, Austria, Switzerland and others. This has been the source of some concern in the UK following the signing of a free trade agreement between our two countries earlier this month. More on this later. Yes, our Animal Welfare Act is quite good on balance when compared to other countries, but it's let down by the variety of codes of welfare, and when cruelty is inflicted on animals, it can often fly under the radar. And on Saturday, News Hub's investigations reporter Michael Mora broke a story that demonstrates this quite well. We warn you the following story contains references to animal cruelty. The Ministry for Primary Industries has been investigating a number of businesses that sell live pigs. The businesses had been advising customers they can use a household hammer to knock the animals out before killing them. Investigations reporter Michael Mora has this exclusive story. You can catch the full story on NewsHub and we'll have a link in the notes of this episode. But in short, volunteer activists worked with SAFE to expose three businesses operating in the Auckland and Waikato regions. These businesses deliver live pigs to customers, and when asked, all three businesses recommended using a hammer to stun the pigs before killing them. One business giving this kind of recommendation could be dismissed as an anomaly, but the fact that we found three businesses who have all recommended the same method to stun a pig suggests that these types of practices could be widespread. When asked about this suggestion by NewsHub, one of the businesses said, that's what normal people do. For the record, the code of welfare for commercial slaughter is quite clear that large animals must be stunned only by a captive bolt, electric stunner, or a suitable firearm. So what does the industry body make of all this? You'd think that NZ Pork would want to crack down on this sort of thing, right? Well, even if they wanted to, it sounds like they have next to no oversight of these businesses. When questioned by NewsHub, NZ Pork animal welfare scientist and advisor, Dr Kirsty Chidji, said they've never been audited because they're not registered with NZ Pork. We just have no visibility of these sorts of operators. There are some deep animal welfare concerns here. The use of a hammer to stun an animal before slaughter runs the risk of it being ineffective which would require repeated strikes. 
It may not render the animal insensible, and the animal will likely suffer when it's slaughtered by an amateur. The killing of animals by novices brings a heightened risk that the animal will suffer. We just don't know, and MPI need to launch an inquiry and investigate these businesses further. Given the lack of industry oversight, the ability to monitor or regulate this area will be next to impossible. Even if these businesses were giving advice that reflected the Code of Welfare's minimum standards, there is no way to ensure the customer will follow best practice. So with that said, these businesses must cease to operate. SAFE CEO Deborah Ashton has written to Associate Minister of Agriculture Mika Whaiteri, who was responsible for animal welfare, urging the government to outlaw the sale and delivery of live animals for slaughter on residential properties. Backtracking a little bit, I mentioned the free trade agreement with the UK earlier. A couple of weeks ago, Viva, which is a UK-based animal rights charity, ran an ad on British TV, which depicted a couple lounging on a sofa before deciding to order a pulled pork takeaway from a fictional app. Moments later, a delivery person arrives at the door with a live pig and a meat cleaver ready for the couple to use. According to the Daily Mail, the ad caused a lot of debate online from both ends of the spectrum, with some viewers praising the ad's powerful message and others calling it disgusting vegan propaganda. Regardless of where they sat on the debate, it's unlikely that any of them would have considered that something like this can actually be happening. And yet it is. In Aotearoa, minus the meat cleaver. That could ruffle the feathers of a few people in the UK who were already deeply concerned about the new free trade agreement that Dav signed with Aotearoa. Damien O'Connor, who is the Minister for Trade and Export Growth, as well as Minister for Agriculture, has been touting the new FTA as a significant win for Aotearoa. And to be fair to him, it is a historically significant agreement. The UK used to be Aotearoa's biggest trading partner until 1973 when the UK joined the European Economic Community, which is one of the forerunners of the European Union. That move effectively ended access to the UK market, which accounted for 50% of Aotearoa's exports. The writing was on the wall, and the UK's attempts to be part of the EEC had been a long time coming, but it came as a shock to many Kiwis most of whom saw it as a deep portrayal. But now that the UK has exited the EU, that leaves them free to sign free trade agreements with whomever they want, which they did with Aotearoa on the 1st of March. This new FTA will give red meat and dairy sectors tariff-free access to the UK market for the first time since the 1970s. It's seen as a win for New Zealand farmers, but British farmers aren't so excited because they're worried that they could be undercut. The president of the UK National Farmers Union told the Daily Mail that there's little in the deal to the benefit of British farmers. The deal also includes a chapter that places a high priority on animal welfare, which is a first for Aotearoa in the Fair Trade Agreement. But back in September, the UK RSPCA raised concerns that the deal could sacrifice their animal welfare standards. At the time, RSPCA Chief Executive Chris Sherwood said that the deal must include a condition that makes any import of food equivalent to UK animal welfare standards, but it doesn't appear that this has happened. You get the picture. It's a terrible look for Aotearoa to have cruel businesses operating with no oversight, especially following the signing of a free trade agreement 
which has already caused some anxiety for the Brits. It's unlikely the FTA will be scrapped anytime soon. That would be unprecedented. But these latest developments won't be soothing any fears in the UK. Our first episode of Animal Matters this year discussed the bleak start for the horse racing industry. Two horses were killed in January on Aotearoa racetracks. We're not aware of any further deaths this year, although they're generally not widely reported. But the equestrian sector has had a raft of PR disasters over the last couple of months. In February, a video was posted on TikTok which showed Sir Mark Todd at a training clinic repeatedly striking a horse 10 times with what appears to be a whip. For those who aren't aware, Sumark is considered one of Aotearoa's most accomplished, if not the most accomplished, horse racers in the discipline of eventing. He's won six medals at the Olympics, including two golds, and countless other awards and other international events. In the 2013 New Year Honours, he was appointed a knight companion. The video drew swift condemnation, calls for his knighthood to be revoked, and for his actions to be investigated. It later emerged the incident took place in Scotland, but the Scottish SPCA claims that they can't prosecute because the evidence was more than six months old. And for his knighthood to be revoked, it would need to be a conviction and sentencing of at least 12 months imprisonment. While what he did was disgraceful, that's not going to happen. The British Horse Racing Authority did take note though, no doubt to stem the bleeding of a potential PR disaster and moved to suspend Sir Mark from training in Great Britain and overseas while it completes an investigation into him. Less than a month later, another video emerged, not of Sir Mark Todd, but this time a Kiwi horse rider, who was captured on camera repeatedly kicking and hitting her horse at the North Otago A&P show. The SBCA began an investigation, but they've since handed it over to MPI. Too often when animals are exploited for entertainment, Their welfare needs are put second. Equestrian and horse racing don't normally attract much attention for animal cruelty, at least not compared to say greyhound racing and rodeo, but it does happen, and it is often under the radar. The video of Sir Mark Todd is likely a couple of years old at least. Who knows how often he treated animals like this? Was it a one-off? Or was that standard practice for him? We just don't know. But perhaps now people were starting to wise up to the cruel treatment of horses. The live export industry is due to be outlawed on the 31st of April 2023. We're nearly halfway through a wind down phase that appears to be taking forever. The sun is setting, but the industry is still fighting tooth and nail to maintain the status quo. Newsroom reported last month that two Chinese state-owned enterprises are lobbying the government to reverse its plans for a ban on live exports. The China Animal Husbandry Group warned in a submission to Parliament's Primary Production Select Committee that the bilateral relationship could be hurt if a U-turn does not take place. Another SOE in a separate submission also argued against the ban, saying it would undercut its plans to export another 60,000 cows from Aotearoa and Australia over the next five years. But the Agricultural Minister has said that the government will continue with its plans to ban live export, which is a relief to those of us who are worried about a backflip, but little relief to the thousands of cows still planned to be sent abroad over the next 14 months. Last year, Aotearoa hit a record, sending 134,000 cows to China, 
compared with 109,000 in 2020 and just 39,000 in 2019. And the ships keep rolling in. This weekend, Anna Mara is expected to berth at Napier Port. This ship was previously known under a different name, the Awasi Express, and was implicated in a live export disaster en route to the Middle East in August 2017. Nearly 64,000 sheep suffered from heat stress on that ship, which killed 2,400 sheep. It would be a terrible look for the government to U-turn their decision to ban live export, and the Agriculture Minister's recent statements that they intend to continue with a ban does calm some of those fears. But we need to see material reduction in the numbers of animals being exported in the coming months, if this industry is indeed to be phased out by April next year. Thank you for listening to Animal Matters. This podcast is brought to you by Safe for Animals, Aotearoa's leading animal rights organisation and produced by myself, Will Appleby. Make sure you subscribe to stay across Animal Matters on whatever your favourite podcast platform is. If you're listening on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners to find the show. Until next time, mate wa.